Today on the Topic Show, Trump is pulling into all-time high for the Republican nominee, coming in at 59.3%. Joy Behar on the few claims that an AR-15 can demolish an animal and shouldn't be used for hunting. Yes, she is that mentally vacuous. Event right to deplatform completely Riley Gaines event, even though they allow pro-Hamas events. DeSantis on MSNBC saying Trump should be removed from the primary if convicted. Vivek on his four-step plan for the election integrity goes viral. April Q4 results are in. Six Flags merged with a fellow amusement park company. Starbucks Q3 sales figures are in, and they're boosted by the pumpkin spice latte. And Uber and Lyft are ordered to pay $328 million in a settlement. All of that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So if you could click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Apple Q4 results are in and the sales are down yet again. This time now four fiscal quarters in a row. Now specifically when you look at the breakdown of all the products that people are buying in terms of the Apple products, well, or a better term would be rather than all the products they are not currently buying, you see that the Mac sales are down 34% year over year. This is despite having launched a new models recently last month, which one would think that'd be almost impossible. Is Apple going the way of Disney? Apple used to do basically not print money for a living, but at one point they were the most profitable publicly traded company on the planet, which is astonishing. That means they're worth more than oil, gas, precious metals. Like they were the most profitable company. And truth be told, they're one of the most valuable companies in history. I believe they were one of the first companies to hit the trillion dollar mark in terms of public evaluation. Subsequently, they later hit the two trillion mark and three trillion mark. I mean, they're growing exponentially. Now, they did beat Wall Street expectations, notching a strong growth in its services segment, which that actually includes the App Store, Apple Music, and iCloud. And sales of the iPhone were up, but only by about 2% compared to last year. Now, one of the biggest issues for Apple is the elephant in the room, or perhaps a better metaphor might be the panda in the room. Now, I say that because revenue from China came in at $15.1 billion. That's about... 2 billion less than expected per Bloomberg reports. And one of the biggest issues with Apple and China, well, is Huawei. They are one of the largest electronic companies on the planet, and famously they're headquartered in China. Now, it's been in terms of geopolitics and one of the reasons why, you know, politics, business, culture, they all merge together. Well, the United States actually banned and completely disallowed any importation of some Huawei devices because they're basically glorified spyware machines. And they're in the antithesis of security. If you work for corporate America and you have a Huawei device, let me just say your IT security department is either non-existent or sleeping. There's no legitimate reason to have that on your corporate network at all. And a lot of the government in the United States, they specifically also ban it for corporate devices, for government employees. Now China in turn has done the same thing recently. They banned all government employees from using iPhones. And by de facto, that means they're basically all going to use Huawei devices as well. So Apple, a majority of their manufacturing is in China. That's one of their biggest, largest growing markets. But because of all the political tensions between the United States and China, including things like banning the importation of AI chips into China from the United States, well, they're also kind of taking this out on Apple a little bit, I suspect. And their revenue, they fell again. So the revenue specifically fell to $89.5 billion for their fourth fiscal quarter. That ended September 30th. And the importance of the iPhone is that it accounts for about half of their all of their sales. So 50% of their sales come from the iPhone, which also just happens to burst into flames like a Chevy Bolt. Well, not so not as bad as a Chevy Bolt. The iPhone is just overheating and a lot of people are having troubles with it. But it looks pretty. So of course, I mean, in terms of aesthetics and design, they get an A plus because it's you know magically thin, amazing. But the Apple fancy titanium, it's not as great as expected. People are still buying it, don't get me wrong, but I think that rate of adoption is decreasing. And another thing is, 
think a lot of folks are just starting perhaps to get fatigued when it comes to buying new electronics, almost as if they're disposable devices, which in some cases they are due to software limitations or rather software being programmed specifically to kneecap your devices as they get older. But for once, Apple is not looking so great. Now, that being said, they're still one of the most largest successful technology companies on the planet. They're not going to go out of business tomorrow, obviously. But it is interesting to see for the fourth quarter in the row, their sales are down. And perhaps this is just businesses. I know that Apple does have some corporate clients, of course, where there are a lot of businesses, especially marketing and graphic design. They love Apple products. And more and more companies are adopting Apple devices, especially for cell phones and corporate devices in that regard. Maybe as businesses, I suspect part of them are just looking for a better ROI or a lower, more economical entry price point. Maybe them are starting to go over to Android. And in terms of consumer sales, I mean, how many times do you need to buy a new MacBook? I mean, I contemplate getting one for my IT company for my daily driver, or I was going to say a little as a fun little term for your daily uses device. Unfortunately, you can't actually drive it. It doesn't have three pedals and you know gas engine like all good vehicles should have. But nevertheless. I contemplate looking at the Apple product, but for the same compute power, I can get a Windows-based device for a fraction of the price. And the same thing for the editing PC. So we built an editing PC specifically for the podcast. And if we wanted to make a comparable Apple machine, the cost was three times as much. And that is astonishing for something you cannot fix on yourself, you can't upgrade on yourself. There's trade-offs. A wise man named Tom Sewell once said there's no such thing as solutions, only trade-offs. And that's certainly true. You have an all-encompassing device where everything's built in. You're supposedly not have to worry about anything. But downside, you can't fix it. You can't upgrade it. can't really repair it. You have to go third. If you do third-party, in the rare instances, they can fix it. Your warranty's gone. It's a little bit of a precarious situation for those who like to work on their own things. So let me know in the comments. Do you think Apple will turn this around next fiscal quarter? I mean... Ideally, they should because their fiscal quarter is calendar year fiscal Q4. So Apple, fisc fiscally speaking, their first quarter, that should be when Americans are going out for the Christmas holidays and spending copious amounts of monies on Apple products and lavishly spending. So it'll be interesting to see. I Again, I'm not a gambling man. Well, I guess I do gamble on my business by reinvesting into it. But nevertheless, if I were a traditional gambling person, I would probably say... Outlook for Apple, four quarters in a row of negative sales, economic uncertainty. A lot of people and businesses are uncertain with what's going to happen tomorrow. People are pulling back their spending. I don't think their Q1 is going to be any better than Q4, but that's just my three cents. It used to be two cents, but 40-year hyperinflation had to make three cents. Though, it is still free to click the subscribe button. There, or there, there. I don't know how your phone is oriented or in the rare instances your desktop, but nevertheless, it should be somewhere on the screen. Other interesting business news, you have Six Flags and Cedar Fair to merge and, even more unusual, move the headquarter to North Carolina? Right? I actually had to read the article multiple times because I was so baffled at the choice of a location for new headquarters. Six Flags is famously one of the most successful amusement park companies in history, headquartered in the best state in the union, Texas. I should have got my hat for that. Nevertheless, the point still stands. They're headquartered famously in Arlington, Texas, right across the street from the good old Texas Rangers. And their parks are renowned for being the most some of the most successful parks in history. Now, specifically, this merger is going to be valued at $8 billion. And they're moving the headquarters to North Carolina? And this comes, this article is actually from the Charlotte Observer. Charlotte being the city in North Carolina. Now, it looks like specifically the parent company behind the name Cedar Fair is Carol Wins. They're the amusement park owner of Cedar Fair. And they'll be, well, let's see here. Cedar Fair being paid, so this seemed more unusual. So Cedar Fair was based in Sandusky, Ohio, and Six Flags, of course, Arlington, Texas. Now they say that Carol Wins, which straddles the North and South Carolina border, is one of 11 Cedar Fair amusement parks and four water parks in the US and Canada. So I suppose it's interesting that they're just choosing a random park to be next to. I would suspect the one in Ohio, the Cedar Fair current headquarters in Sandusky, Ohio, would probably have a headquarters there as well. I mean, Six Flags has their headquarters in Arlington, Texas, and right down the street is one of the parks. So this is interesting, but why the Carolinas? I mean, some of the best states, physically speaking, for business are far none. It's going to be Texas and Florida. 
I can't help but think if I were an employee, there's no way I'm going to North Carolina because I suspect they have an income tax. But let's find out right now. Let's see here. North Carolina have state income. That is actually the top result when you start to search. That's what people want to know. Ugh. So they steal, I mean, tax you at 5.25%. If, if you work in the state of North Carolina, that's a lot of your income just going bye-bye. Then the feds steal another 40. I mean, tax another 40. Then you buy something that's another 10%. But nevertheless, that's another detriment. I feel bad for the employees if they have to move to the new headquarters. Imagine paying 0% income tax because you live in Texas. And then you have to go work over in North Carolina. Now, granted, I don't think those employees will probably make the move because there's, thankfully... A new business moving to DFW or Dallas-Fort Worth, seemingly every, I don't know, 18 seconds. It's great for the economy. Not so great for the housing market. That needs to catch up someday. You know, knock on wood, I'll get there. But nevertheless, it is interesting that they are choosing to move the headquarters over there. Now, they noted that the merger is expected to officially close the first half of 2024, following the Six Flags shareholder approval and regulatory approvals as well. The approval by Cedar Fair uni holders is not required. Now, in terms of the fun statistics about the company, over, over the last year through the third quarter, Six Flags and Cedar Fair Properties had 48 million visitors. The combined company would generate $3.4 billion in revenue. This is according to the Cedar Fair's new release, or news release, rather. Annunciation is a key thing to work on. However, if you click the subscribe button, it might help. Perhaps. I'm not a scientist, but might so it'll be interesting to see what the outcome is for these companies. Hopefully the quality for the consumers continues to improve. And I was surprised Cedar Fairs, it looks like the first park opened in 1870, according to their website, and they also purchased Carowinds in 2006 from Paramount for $1.2 billion. Cedar Fair has 4,400 full-time employees and 48,800 seasonal and part-time employees. That's according to the 2022 annual report. So that is astronomical. So it'll be interesting. Let me know. Are you a fan of this merger? Do you think will quality go downhill? Or do you think perhaps it some of the interesting things where there's a lot of advantages when you combine companies, especially in cost savings when you're purchasing raw materials. So that might be able to drive the price point down for certain items and give you a better economies of scale and get a better price point to the to the consumer. It's a fascinating thing, but it'll be interesting to see. As I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business news, you have Starbucks stock jumping thanks to the Q3 results and the cliched pumpkin spice latte sales. Yes, they did in fact help quite a bit. Now it looks like the same store sales were up 8% in the US and North America and the customer traffic was up 3%. They also noted that the higher average check checks drove in the bump in sales, likely thanks to their copies latest chain, August rollout of a popular fall menu, including the pumpkin spice latte, which here, this year cost Americans $5.95 before tax for a 16 ounce grande latte, whatever you call it, size. $5.95? And of course, nowadays you're gonna have to do some type of tip. And perhaps it's just because I'm frugal and I like to invest every penny I can back into the business and the, and the team. But $5.95 for a dang coffee, well, let's be honest, it's basically a chocolate bar or a candy bar in a cup. But if it's $5.95, and unfortunately we do have sales tax in Texas, so that's 1.0825, or rather the sales tax is 8.25%. So if you wanna find the actual sales tax of the product, you can multiply the product price by 1.0825. We have not provided more value than some public schools in the United States, which is not, actually not a joke. That's, that's an issue. All time low test scores in every category, but the teachers union still want more money. Yeah, I don't think so, but nevertheless, that means that the price to you, once you actually drive through, is $6.44 for a candy bar and a cup. Plus, you got to pay a tip on that. Or That's a debate in and of itself. But let's say the average American is going to tip between 15 and 25%. Go in the middle, let's say, again, just ballparking here. Let's say, what if you did a 20% tip on that? So you have to take that new number times 1.2. And again, I forget, I forget if you do or do not actually tip on the tax. That's a, another debate in and of itself. So that brings up the price point to... $7.73 for a candy bar in a cup. Again, we have 40-year hyperinflation. I understand money isn't what it used to be, but we also have economic uncertainty. And the mo one of the most ridiculous things I read in the article as well, 
So again, it's set about at the end of the day, it's about seven dollars and seventy-three cents for that cup of. I should use maybe a little disclaimer: co a little coffee, quote unquote. It's candy, but nevertheless, they actually say the analysts say that Starbucks pricey drinks may appeal to a increasingly cost-conscious customers who want affordable luxuries. Now, the only, and again, this is an article thanks to Reuters. Now, the only truth part of that is that it is a luxury. There is no reason an American, or anyone for that matter, needs a eight, damn near $8 cup of gelatinous, I can't even spell the chemicals that they put in them most of the time, a candy bar in a cup. So again, with all the debts that American ha Americans have, recently, I just believe, the first time in history, passed a trillion dollars in credit card debt in the United States for consumer credit card debt. That's on top of the student loan issue. Top of, there's a lot of debt being racked up in the United States. Whether it'll be paid off is another topic for another time, perhaps. But again, this essentially it helped their shares jump up by 9.5%. That's astonishing. Let me know in the comments. Would you pay about $8 for a glorified candy bar in a cup? Or do you think, eh, a lot of economic uncertainty. Maybe I don't buy this latest indulgence or this luxury. Maybe I just, for, what was it? What was it, $9.95? Get a bag of beans from the whole big box mart, grind it up, and you got coffee for, eh, conceivably a week or two, depending on how much you drink. But the price point per cup is much, much less, and you get a much more, I would argue, healthier because it's just coffee, not ingredients you can't pronounce. But let me know in the comments. Do you think, though, Starbucks will continue to grow exponentially? Or do you think... People are starting to wake up to the fact that, dear God, that's a, a pretty penny for candy in a cup. Eh, it'll be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Joy Behar claiming that an AR-15 can demolish an animal and making it barely unedible, and therefore you don't need an AR-15. Yes, I know when it comes to logic and Joy Behar, it's kind of like oil and water. A fascinating science experiment. I know they don't teach science in schools these days, in public schools for that matter. Now, if you take water and oil and put it into a glass, you could stir it really, really hard to try to mix it. And you could stir it really, really, really hard for a long time. But at the end of the day, they just do not mix. The same could be said for um, having a modicum of intelligence and being on the view. Now, I talk about the subject because from a business perspective, is I was going to say, I think they just got canceled. But nevertheless, they have a lot of eyeballs glued to those screens. So it's a huge cultural phenomenon. People tune into The View. Millions of people watch it. I suspect some just for comical amusement, like myself, when I'm looking at these clips. But there are people who are, unfortunately, ill-informed because of the content they put out. So this is her latest statement. And, yeah, she's saying the AR-15 would just demolish an animal so to the point where you can't even eat it. And we'll break down how mentally vacuous that is, but... And I do apologize. I know this might hurt your ears to hear her voice because it is not the best voice. And if you do have suggestions for picture-in-picture -picture production software technology, I appreciate the suggestions as I'm trying to make the show better and better so you can actually see it picture-in-picture. -picture. And I've tried a couple softwares, but still having some issues with the camera working. It, I don't know if the camera just... I did the updates for the drivers, but I'm currently using OBS open source software for the recording technology. And then for the hardware in terms of the camera, I'm using a, is a Razer Hi-Ken 4K USB webcam, actually. So if you have suggestions in the comments, I'd greatly appreciate it. But without further ado, I will play this clip from The View. We didn't get a chance to weigh in on the uh, topic of what happened in Maine and uh, AR-15s. Yeah, I, I would love to see an assault weapons ban. Like President Reagan, I don't believe they're a sport or hunting um, uh, instrument. It's like shooting fish in a bucket, but that's my But take. also, if you shoot with an AR-15, let's say you shoot it's a deer, you, you can't can... eat it. Because you basically demolish In addition the to that, but the hunt yeah. is about an actual difficult process, not massacre. Now, the amount of mentally vacuous statements made in that very short amount of time is actually quite impressive. I'm surprised Guinness World Book hasn't reached out to them because they put so much wrong, blatant lies into such a short amount of time period. I'm actually surprised they're not running to be a politician. Now, again, I don't know. She says shooting fish in a bucket, that other gal. That, that's not even the metaphor people use. It's shooting fish in a barrel. That's the age-old saying that everyone, everyone should know by now. Like, 
so they even messed up a simple metaphor by getting a complete by just having it inaccurate. Now they say an AR-15 it completely destroys the animal. Well, quite the opposite. Because of the bullet size of the AR-15, it's 0.223 in diameter. Or if you go by NATO standards and get a little bit bigger, you get 5.56 millimeter. But it's actually by hunting standards for a deer quite small. The concern why you actually can't hunt with an AR-15 in a majority of states, I believe right now is seven or eight states that allow you to hunt with an AR-15. Well, the reason some of those states do not allow it is because they don't think it's humane because they don't think the projectile is big enough to cause a deadly shot, so to say, to end the deer's life as painlessly and quickly as possible. So. It's actually the opposite of what they're saying on The View, which I know that's not really news. That's what they do every day. But nevertheless, this is an important topic to me since it has to do with the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment. And then having the moronic idea of saying we should have an AR-15 ban, which, again, the United States tried that. And multiple studies by the government itself and third parties show that it had zero effect on mass shootings and crime. And it doesn't address the 800-pound elephant or or donkey in the room, or whatever political figure you want to choose, the most morally vacuous and evil things that have ever happened in history happens when the government disarms people. Every single time. I know they don't teach history in public schools anymore, hardly, but if you are so inclined to read a history book, I highly recommend them. They're fascinating, and you can always learn a thing or two, including myself, but that's when the worst things happen in history. It's when the government is the only one that is armed, and they disarm the populace. And yet... I can't help but think they've never read a history book on The View. They, you could debate for another time, perhaps, is whether they have the capacity to read or not. I'm not sure. I've never really met them face-to-face. -face. I've never been on the show. be a fascinating experience, some might say. But everything they said in that statement was wrong. So let me know in the comments. Why are people still tuning in? Is it because they're not doing extra research? I mean, I always recommend watch as many different perspectives and media as you can because you'll know what the other side is see thinking, politically speaking or culturally th speaking, and you'll get to know their perspective, what they're trying to push in terms of maybe an agenda or an ideal. And truth be told, you might find you yourself or might have some blind spots, as I have through other topics throughout my life as I've seen seeked out different perspectives and ideals. So it's all those fascinating things where this particular clip is completely debunked and it'll be fascinating to see how, how many average Americans are really going to give in to the made-up word or term assault weapon, which was specifically picked after anti-gunners did polls. And they actually asked people, what's the scariest word on this list? And they chose assault rifle because it was the scariest term for the people who are uninformed and don't understand firearm technology or the differences. They tried other terms like sniper rifle and it just wasn't scary enough for the average person. The average person might just see a black rifle and assume it's a full auto, you know, M4. That, unfortunately, is very difficult for most Americans to obtain these days because the NFA or National Firearm Act has been in, it's been around for darn near 100 years. But nevertheless, it'll be interesting to see. And, of course, they make the age-old statement, oh, yeah, it's nothing to do founding fathers. It, you know, they, they, you don't need an AR-15 for hunting. Which, again, is the, we've heard this, statement for decades actually it's not a new political phrase or new cult a new cultural idea when it comes to disarming americans in the second amendment but again read anything by the founding fathers the second amendment has nothing to do with hunting i can't believe it's 2023 and we're still reiterating that again perhaps that's why they don't teach history in public schools because if people actually read documents by the founding fathers they would see how moronic some of these statements are but nevertheless, let me know in the comments. Do you think this, will this clip inspire more people to maybe seek out new data? Do the people who watch the view, will they maybe start to raise their eyebrows and think, you know, some of this just sounds too ridiculous. It maybe it, it, it can't be true. Let me do a little research on my own. I truly hope everyone does more research at the end of the day, but it'll be interesting to see, as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting cultural news, you have Eventbrite Deep Platforms, Riley Gaines event. However, they do allow pro-Hamas events, which is somewhat reminiscent of what Twitter used to be back in the day, where they would just ban everyone who is right of... Who's someone cliche? 
There are less. If you're even in the middle on the right, you got banned on the little Twitter. But they would allow terrorist organizations to be on Twitter. Interesting. Now, this specifically is thanks to an article by the name of Mark Harris, who published this on Fox, Fox News and Fox Sports specifically. And this comes from Senator Eric Schmidt. He's taking aim at Eventbrite following the hypocrisy involving Riot Games. And they, Eventbrite claims they pulled it because of what is this, community guidelines and restrictions. Now, this is an article specifically I'm quoting the gentleman I previously just mentored, Mr. Mark Harris. And he says, quote, Eventbrite's hypocrisy and woke political extremism were recently put on full display after the company prohibited Outkick's Riley Gaines from pr promoting her speech about protecting women's sports at University of California, Davis on November 30, while allowing the company that claimed that Gaines' event terminated its terms and conditions, Eventbrite was allowing listings for pro-Hamas events. Senator Eric Schmidt of Missouri isn't letting this story simply float away into the news cycle. Schmidt recently shared on Fox News that he sent a letter to Eventbrite CEO Julia Hartz saying that their platform is hypocritical for enforcing community guideline restrictions on gains while allowing anti-Israeli events. Now, Mike Schmidt said, quote, I think it's important that if you're going to be a business that sorts, sort of holds yourself out there as a hosting events and letting people know what's going on and then you're going to cancel someone because it violates their terms of service, I think the public deserves to know what is the criteria. What else are you hiding and what else are you doing? Unquote. You continue to say, quote, the hypocrisy has already been revealed, but there's a lot more there. And I think people are sick and tired of these woke corporations deciding these things. People want to know information. Then they can make up their mind, unquote. Now, they say that on October 25th, OutKick questioned how Eventbrite could prohibit gains from promoting her upcoming speech on its website while allowing other parties to list upcoming pro-Hamas rallies. And of course, Eventbrite didn't respond to their inquiries. Uh, let's see. And Eventbrite's been pretty bad for some time. I've been searching for an alternative. I think this will probably be the last inspiration I need to actually find a new alternative. I've used it previously in the past in my tech company. When we do shooting events, one of our premier events is called Cigars, Guns, and Cybersecurity, as well as another one is shoot suppressed suppressed security fears in which we talk we shoot suppressed rifles and pistols and we talk about cybersecurity. the pun isn't intended and on point i would argue or the play on words whatever they want to call it but nevertheless i noticed that within two minutes the post was just taken down they didn't tell me why i had to re i had to reach out again and again and finally they said it's because there's a picture of a gun well yes there's a shooting event so i had to take that off and then just having a magazine, a picture of a magazine that we were giving away, because we were giving away a 30-round PMAG, that caused it to get kicked off again. And then, at the end of the day, all I was allowed to post was a red dot, which implied it was a range day without having a picture of what we were using, which was a detriment, because we have some pretty fun toys that we like to take out to the range and for our prospective clients to enjoy. So, Eventbrite's been very... I would say hypocritical for quite some time. You saw this a couple years ago, actually, when you had Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman, premiere. Many colleges were having events where they were premiering the film, and they were inviting students to come see this film and this documentary, in which they asked the age-old question, or well, not the age-old question, the modern question, what is a woman? And Eventbrite consistently would shoot down those events, pun moderately intended. They just quickly disband the events. So they've had that this political lean for quite some time and I don't think they're going to change but they are I believe headquartered in, right downtown in San Francisco now I have to double check that really quick let's see I'm 99% for sure yeah it is oh yeah Eventbrite headquartered in San Francisco this is according to companydata.com yep right downtown and things have not been going great for them they lost they had a bunch of layoffs they actually had to outsource a lot of the tech responsibilities i believe that was q1 this year so i believe it's 30 to 40 percent of staff is laid off and thankfully well i think that's partially because a lot of people are just using it for free including my IT company because you never really had to pay we never charge for these events that we have for our prospective clients and it used to be you only had to pay for a rep if you charge for a ticket 
Now they actually changed the terms and conditions very recently so that if you have over 25 tickets, then they do charge you. I believe it's a fee of $9.99 to use the service. So they haven't gotten any money from me and I don't think they will be getting any anytime soon. Let me know in the comments if you think this will cause some type of massive boycott. I, I think due to the really good user interface and the incumbent, especially for tech, the incumbent solution is very more likely to win. And the alternative isn't like beer where with Bud Light, what made the boycott so successful is that the competition is literally inches away in the same refrigerated section of the grocery store. It's right there. It mostly tastes about the same. I'm not a beer connoisseur by any means. I prefer spirits when the occasion calls for it, but it's right there. With this, you do have to go to a different website. You have to learn new technology. The barrier to change is greater, I believe, than just the beer. So I think if there is a boycott for Eventbrite, it won't be as successful because of those previously mentioned statements. However, if you think it would be any different, let me know in the comments. Be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Trump polling at an all-time high at 59.3%. And DeSantis precipitously is already down to 12.9%, specifically for the Republican nominee. Now, this is thanks to one of my favorite websites by the name of 538.com, which looks like it's a part of ABC News. I don't want to say that you get enough for marketing, but can't help but think a better website name for this would be politicalaggregator.com or pollaggregator.com. What it is is basically an average of all the polls of a specific subject. So this is an average based on sometimes dozens or even hundreds of polls where they're asking people, you know, who do you want to be the Republican nominee? So this gives you a better idea since it's not just a single study or simple poll where sometimes you'll have between maybe 800 to 2,000 people who are polled about a subject. This is a poll of polls. So there's a lot of more data to it, which is why there's a little bit more variation when you're looking at the graph, but this is the average of that variation. So this is, again, astonishing to see how much Trump has gone up. So Trump, in the very beginning... You had, this is as this is astonishing. So January 8, 2023, Trump is at 45.2%. DeSantis was at DeSantis was 34.6%. Nikki Haley was at 2.6%. And Chris Christie is 1.4%. Tim Scott was 1%. Ramaswamy had not announced it yet. So January 8th, they were doing really good. Trump is doing okay. DeSantis, 34%. 34.6%. And then, as time went on, DeSantis, like a... Is a... Impress, eh, yeah, it's lower and lower and lower. So, by April 1st, Trump is already at 49... Well, let me see here. Uh, April 1st, Trump is at 47.9%. DeSantis is already... Are you down to 26%? Nikki Haley was at 4.8%. Ron Sami was at 0.9%. And by January 1st, Trump had continued to increase. He was then 52.7%. DeSantis was down again to 19.6%. Nikki Haley was 4%. Ron Sami was up 4.2%. Chris Christie is somehow still around. He was at 2.4% at that period. Then you go all the way to October 1st. Trump's at 54.8%. DeSantis was down to 14.1%. Nikki Haley was at 6.9%. Ralph Sami was at 7.1%. Chris Christie, 2.6%. And as of today, Trump's at 59.2%. And DeSantis is at 12.6%. Nikki Haley's at 7.8%. Ralph Sami is back down at 5.2%. Chris Christie is still around at 2.9%. Tim Scott's at 1.7%. Mr. Burgum is at 0.8%. Hutchinson is at 0.5%. And then Mike Pence, for all, is, it will be a very heartbreaking news because I'm sure no one actually talked about it, but he, he he dropped out. All 18 of his prospective voters are very disappointed. They're sad. They're at home. I'm sure devastated. Very shocked that how how on earth could, how did Mike Pence lose? But in all, in all joking aside, DeSantis is dropped so much and again the election is quite some time away in politics things change pretty fluidly it might be a hockey stick projection where you know you're pretty flat and all the way up, really you know just go up but 
Yeah. Right now, Trump is leading by... The gap is just exponentially increased. And Santos, I don't know who's in charge of his campaign. There's a lot of conspiracies of people thinking maybe they're secretly Trump fans and they're doing it just to nuke DeSantis or just to, you know, make him fall on his own alleged um, high-heeled boots. I forget what it's called. The fake boots they may or may not be using to make himself look taller. But at this rate, I mean, just give it a couple more months and Nikki Haley Ramasong will be ahead of DeSantis. So let me know, are you surprised by this recent poll? Or this recent poll update, rather? And do you think the gap between Trump and the other Republican nominees is actually just going to continue to increase more and more and more? I mean, on average, pretty much everyone has gone up in the polls except for DeSantis. I mean, Nikki Haley's gone up a little bit. Ramaswamy's gone down a little. He went up and then down a little bit. Chris Christie continues to expand. in Probably moderately intended. Tim Scott got a little larger. I mean, pretty much everyone has gone up. Except DeSantis. And he's had some highs and lows. But when you look at the overall average of his campaign, I mean, Magic 8-Ball would certainly say for DeSantis the outlook is not good. But let me know in the comments. I mean, he. a lot of people thought this was the guy and how quickly things certainly changed. Right now, public sentiment is he's a joke at best. And the rumor that he's going to be VP is all but dissolved by now. I mean, they've gone at each other pretty hard in the paint, as the youth might say, in terms of political jabs of each other with Trump versus DeSantis. I can't help but, help but think, well... Again, ADHD. No, I'm not a scientist. However, if you click the subscribe button, it may help with my stuttering. It's not a sure thing. It might not be a guarantee fix. However, it can't hurt. It might help. But nevertheless, going back to Trump and DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Ramaswamy, I mean, at this point, if they keep going on the current trajectories, I mean, DeSantis will be at 3% before we know it. And, again, his political advisors, I don't know if they're inebriated just socially mentally vacuous i mean it, it almost boggles the mind how they could be intentionally doing the things they're doing because again nothing's really helping out right now it's just digging the hole more and more and more so let me know in the comments do you think this gap will continue to increase and trump will continue to increase in the polls it'll be interesting to see but as i always say time shall tell other interesting political news, you have DeSantis on MSNBC saying that Trump should be removed from the primary if he is successfully convicted. Now, this comes from Jack Posobiec um, on Twitter, or as 18 people call it, the X. Nevertheless, this is Jack Posobiec, and he says before the video, quote, Breaking DeSantis just went on MSNBC and suggested Trump should be removed from the primary if he is convicted in any of these cases against him, unquote. And it's got 3.5 million views, which, as the youth might say, that is certainly going viral. And, again, I appreciate your patience as we try to look for new technologies to make the show better and better. It's one of those things where I'm looking for production software so I can do a picture-in-picture while we're making the show, as opposed to doing it post-production. So if you have suggestions, we'd really appreciate you put it in the comments section, because I do want to make the show better and better together. And without further ado, we'll play... Ron DeSantis on MSNBC, and this looks like it is from Morning Joe. And you did say, Governor, at that August debate when the question was put to the entire panel, if Donald Trump is convicted, will you still, and he is the nominee, would you still support him? And you raised your hand. You're a lawyer, you've served in the Navy, you were well-trained at the greatest schools. Do you really believe that a man who's convicted of, say, attempting to overturn the 2020 election or taking nuclear secrets back to his beach club do you actually still, as we sit here today, believe that person should be president? So I signed a pledge, uh, uh, Willie, and uh, that, that pledge is what it is. Now, do I think somebody under those circumstances could get elected president? The answer is no. Uh, that will not happen. Uh, I think that Republican voters uh, will understand that as, as we get closer to, to, to voting. Uh, but it is, it would be fatal 
uh, in a general election. And I don't think the party should should nominate um, in that situation. However, uh, you know, I signed the pledge. I'm a Republican. I don't think it's going to come to that. Uh, and I think we'll be uh, we'll get the job done like we need to. Uh, but the reality is, is I signed it and that's what I did. So you stand by that this morning. Yeah, when I when I when I signed the pledge, um, you know, I knew you never know what's going to happen. It's a crazy process. Uh, people uh, make different decisions. And I think my point of view on it was, you know, I'm participating in this process. Uh, I've got the plan to win. Uh, we're going to win at the same time. It's like you can't just take your ball and go home. Uh, you can't on the one side of your mouth say the country's in decline, Biden's failing, and on the other hand say, you know, I'm just going to pout if things don't go my way. So that was kind of my rationale for, for doing it. Interesting statements. Now, I think in terms of political moves on the chessboard, I can't help but think Republican nominees should probably come out and just say, we believe all these allocations are unfair. Trump has been charged with the same things that other people were not charged with, or rather, he did main the same actions, which were paralleled by other candidates, but they were not charged. So we believe this is unfair, but he, he's, I don't know why more of them are not more aggressively pushing that point because I think the average Republican and many people in the middle are seeing those discrepancies and would agree with those types of statements. And he says they're going to win. That's statistically not now, but again, the election is a little ways out. So there's time for him to go up in the polls. I mean, he's dropped down so far, it'd be... I was about to say it'd be difficult to get to go to go further down the polls in numbers, but I'm sure his campaign team will find a way. Now, interestingly enough, I wonder what the comments look like. Will they be a supporter of Ron DeSantis? Mocking? Vitriolic mockery, perhaps? Let's dive in and find out. Now, Jack Poso responded to his own tweet where he said, or really, he highlighted or rather he just did a quote from DeSantis, and the quote is, quote, I don't think the party should should nominate in that situation. I'm quote getting 693 likes. Kristen Mason says, quote, his plan from the get snake, unquote. I don't know if I say the snake or if I just tell you if it's an emoji of a snake, but nevertheless, this person to tweet that get 36 likes. Riley says, quote, I don't think we should nominate Rhonda here in any situation, unquote. In 57 likes. Mama Shelley says simply, quote, Governor Ron DeSantis, you're a damn disgrace. Unquote, gained 57 likes. Pro swing trading, this gentleman says, quote, he's become Chris Christie, unquote, gained 409 likes, which may very well be the top comment of the day, well, of this tweet. James says, quote, that's a bold move. Can't win, so remove your opponent. Is he a closet Democrat? Unquote. Got 175 likes for that particular statement. Milan just tagged Ron DeSantis saying, is such a disappointment? Getting 49 likes. Bruce McLeod says, quote, when Republicans go on MSNBC, they are proving that their campaign priorities are about themselves and not the people, unquote. Getting 10 likes. Someone by the name of Jack Lombardi is pretty popular. This response, he says, quote, if Trump is removed from the ballot, any GOP presidential hopeful will need Trump supporters to win overall. I think Vivek Ramaswamy is the only one who can pull this off if that unlikely situation happens. DeSantis hasn't set himself up for this well. Even with Trump's backing, he won't win over all of Trump's base because of these types of attacks, unquote. He got 107 likes. And I tend to agree. That's why I think, politically speaking, Vivek has been much more prudent and much more accurate, I would say, tactical with his moves on political chessboard. So to say, it's one of those situations where if you're alienating Donald Trump or if you're insulting him, many of his supporters are going to see you as you attacking them because so many people, whether it's politics, musicians, or business, they identify with that person. So they're going to see it as a personal attack. So again, I think that's going to cause a lot of people who may have previously supported DeSantis if Trump is somehow barred legally. Well, instead of voting for DeSantis, they're just going to say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go third party. Or I'm not going to vote at all. They very well might go with that conclusion. Now, other top comments, and this comes here. Never forget, simply says, that's just sad, knowing how bogus these charges are. 
Hero to zero, unquote gang. 22 likes. Vince Lineman says, quote, what a complete list Cheney wannabe scumbag, unquote, getting 495 likes. Someone by the name of the Texas one, who I can't see what his hat says, but uh, maybe B minus for marketing. It's a great name, but I don't see the flag of Texas. Not even the emoji flag of Texas in his profile name. Nevertheless, the Texas one says, Boots McGee is a coward, unquote, getting 157 likes. I'm trying to see if there's any positive ones. Florida now one says, quote, DeSantis is now a global globalist candidate, and you have one side of the globalist elite prosecuting Trump through the minions and the candidate hoping he won't be able to run. That's his strategy, and basically the elites as well, unquote. I got 106 likes. Babel365 says, quote, of course he did. That's his only hope of winning. Although it's a false hope, the majority of MAGA would vote for anyone besides DeSantis, unquote. Person got 140 likes, and I tend to think that sentiment is quite accurate. Jim Kokios says, quote, wow, he's gone full-blown dirtbag, unquote. Got 295 likes. A lot of people... Johnny Maga says, quote, nuclear secrets at his beach club. Notice how he gives legitimacy to the claim, unquote. Got 338 likes. Cav says, quote, he's probably a little upset about the boot jokes, unquote, getting 58 likes. There's a lot of, let's see here. Interesting. Wakey Wakey says, quote, former Florida governor and current U.S. Senator Rick Scott just endorsed Trump over Ron DeSantis. Unquote. That got 306 likes. That is very interesting. It's one of those fascinating things where sometimes those endorsements mean quite a bit. Bill K. Hart says, quote, the fact he's on Morning Joe is all I need to know, unquote, getting 80 likes. Mr. E says, quote, oh boy, goodbye, Ron, MSNBC, LOL. Laughy emoji, unquote. And this person got 201 likes. Harrison Crank said, quote, he looks like he's holding back tears, unquote, getting 116 likes. Proud Patriot says, quote, I love how this dude is trying to let the Democrats do his dirty work for him, unquote, getting 238 likes. I, and I'm scrolling down more and more. I don't, I'm not seeing a lot of positive responses for DeSantis. Let's see. Furian Energy says, quote, DeSantis has destroyed his political future and turned himself into a joke. Maybe a gig will be waiting for him on MSNBC, unquote. Got 167 likes. Let's see. We'll do two more. C Panther 95 says, quote, what a disappointment DeSantis has turned out to be. Never Trumpers completely emasculated him, unquote. Got 452 likes. And last but not least, Forgotten, though not forgotten for our comics section of the show, Mr. Forgotten says, quote, desperate men do desperate things. Sad realization that his political career is over, unquote. Got 258 likes. Needless to say, the comic section is somewhat mirroring the current approval rating for Ron DeSantis, or rather, the current rate at which people are voting for him for, to be the Republican nominee in all of these polls that we're seeing. Actually, the comic section is a little bit worse because I don't think there's more than one or debatably two positive people talking about Ron DeSantis. It's overwhelmingly negative. It'll be interesting to see, of course, what is the correlation between social media and actual box office? Time shall tell. Other interesting political news, you have Vivek's four-step plan for electric integrity goes viral. Now, this actually got about 3.8 million views in a single day. So, pretty darn impressive. And this comes as Vivek is actually responding to Benny Johnson. And Benny Johnson originally spoke saying, Judge overturns a Bridgeport Democrat majority primary election, calling evidence of fraud shocking. Quote, the volume of ballots so mishandled in such that it calls the result of the primary election into serious doubt and leaves the court unable to determine the legitimate result of the primary. That was what Judge Clark 
wrote in his ruling, adding that the videos, quote, are shocking to the court and should be shocking to all parties. And this is when they had a video of a gal by the name of Wanda Geter Pataki, who's vice chair of the Bridgeport Democratic Town Committee and operations specialist for the city. Looks like they're just stuffing ballot drop boxes, which, well, I, I don't, the only thing I disagree with is this shouldn't be surprising. We all know election fraud, fraud is just exponentially increasing throughout time. So I don't think it's really shocking. It's, we all knew it. I think the more shocking thing is that the judge actually did something about it. That, however, that is the shocking part of the instance. Now, Vivek's response to this statement or this tweet, Vivek says, quote, here's the way forward on election integrity. One, single day voting. Two, make election day a national holiday. Three, paper ballots. Four, government issued voter ID matching to the identification on file. This is easily doable and should not be controversial, unquote. Which is very true. It shouldn't be controversial, but, well, it is for people who want to cheat, I believe. Almost insulting, ridiculous things you see, especially at, Democrats will say, oh yeah, minorities can't get IDs. It's racist acts for one. Well, my, camp, my parents, my mom came from Cuba. Whole well, family did. Guess what they were all able to successfully get? An ID. Guess what I was able to successfully get? An ID. You need one to check out a book from the library or just buy booze at the store or, or tobacco products. There, there's no legitimate reason for someone not to have one these days. It's ridiculously easy to get. But people argue tooth and nail, it's evil to ask someone to have an ID. Ridiculous. Let me know in the comments if you disagree with that sentiment or that statement. Do you think that's the bar's too high? Can't but think... A lot of people are going to agree with Vivek and his take on this, but let's go to the top comments section and find out. Yevinsky Kamelyov says, quote, The Democrats' greatest fear is an honest election, unquote, getting 69 likes. Let's see here. You do have a contrarian who... This person's whole life just seems to be revolving around trolling people but nevertheless it got a lot of likes so we're gonna read it and it is it's long but we'll read it oh jesus it is so someone by the name of human who of course has a peace sign the ukraine flag a blue wave emoji and interesting enough an american flag in the in the emo, the profile name and their profile name is for human unity this person says Quote, your plan for election integrity rings hollow and betrays a fundamental misunderstanding or willful ignorance of the actual mechanisms of voting America. Let's dismantle your so-called strategy point by point. Single day voting. This isn't a throwback to Thursday in the 18th century. Your plan would do nothing but disenfranchise voters who can't afford the luxury of taking time off to stand in line, often those hourly wage jobs and not conscientiously frequently, of course, minority communities. You think propose a national holiday, but not everyone gets holidays off. Think of retail workers, healthcare clients, keep it running. Unquote. Which, again, this person's never... There are certain holidays that are federally mandated that most employers are going to say, yeah, we're going to give the day off. But again, you can also vote on the way home from work. Even if that's an issue. Keep the polls open 24-7. Live stream every single ballot area. Just give unparalleled transparency. So, I think I debunked, he's debunked. He also says, quote, The evidence, despite your claims, clearly shows that such a move doesn't boost election integrity. It slashes voter turnout and serves only to erect barriers for the very citizens who already have to leap through hurdles for their basic rights. Long lines, extensive waits, these are not signs of robust democracy. They're signs of his system of failing people, unquote. Which, again, ridiculous beyond all belief. He also says, quote, Before you offer up solutions that are solutions in name only, perhaps consult research or better yet, the voters who would be affected by regressive policies. We need proposals that safeguard our elections and expand access, not archaic ideas masquerading as reform. Next time, come to the table with something that uplifts the democratic process rather than dragging it backwards. And then he says, hashtag voter rights. Again, as ridiculous as this is, it did get 134 likes, which is why I'm covering it, even though I may not personally agree with it. And unlike some people, I don't believe in censorship, so I'm actually glad he's able to post this so people know his opinion. 
And granted, he's not running for office, so it's not like you not vote for this particular person. But nevertheless, more data, the better. Let's see here. So that was one of the most popular responses. And he, I was going to say, has a lot of text. But, yeah, again, let's see here. Let's see. So there's someone did a meme where they have, what is that? What is that con artist who pretended to believe in global warming and then sell his company to a oil-based Middle Eastern company? Oh yeah, Al Gore. So they have a picture of Al Gore where they said he was applauded for questioning the 2000 election, which he was at the time. You also have a picture of, and perhaps you're happy you actually don't have the picture picture showing you, but you do have Stacey Abrams. And the meme is she was also applauded for questioning the Georgia election. Then you have a picture of Hillary Clinton. I'm, you're probably very glad you can't see that on screen. Though I should clarify, I mean, I love living and I would never take my own life. For the record. Um, and it's a picture of Hillary Clinton and it says, applauded for questioning the 2020 election. Then you have a picture of Donald Trump and it says, arrested for questioning the 2020 election. True. Can't help but see the discrepancies in the way people are treated. And that meme, or that picture compilation, got two hundred set or no, 117 likes. Craig Chamberlain says, quote, Why is it in 2013, with all the advances of technology and blockchain, that we cannot track, valid, or, or, tr cannot track, validate our votes with nearly 100% certainty? Banks do it with money all the time, unquote. Got 154 likes. Let's see here. Arcane says, quote, Vivek's ideas have become the mantra of Republican candidates. This country needs Vivek, unquote, gained 32 likes. All News Matters says, quote, yes, if democracy is important, as claimed by the left, makes it a national holiday, voter ID, full transparency, and stop allowing deceased people to vote, unquote. First got 11 likes. Someone did a picture compilation that said leaders who have their political opponents arrested, and they had a picture of Benito Mussolini, Mussolini, Adolf Hitler, Mao Zedong, Joseph Stalin, Idi Alman, Fidel Castro, Pol Pot, and then Joe Biden. That got 21 likes. Let's see here. Continue to go down. Still seems more support than not. Some, well, maybe I spoke too soon. Somebody by the name of Dredge Caller said, quote, a massive no to single-day voting. It has been a million times better in cities to vote early. Practically walk right in and vote instead of standing for hours, hours, all caps, unquote. Getting 12 likes. And again, all you'd have to do is scale it differently and you have more people working the polls and more boxes to put ballots in. I mean, you just have to scale it differently. I also think that the voting machine should be made in the USA and open source the software so you can actually see all the nuances in it. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of theories when it comes to the voting machines and the tabulation machines not working and just ask Carrie Lake, they didn't work for her because they used the wrong paper, but they still allowed the vote to proceed on topic for another time perhaps. But it is really weird that voting machines are made in another country. I mean, just a quick Google, I believe they're made, what, was it Republica, where was it? Where are Dominion voting machines made? Because that was the biggest name in voting in a, in terms of voting machines. Uh, where are they made? Well, it made. It says made by election source. Corporation is founded in Ontario. Incorporated da, 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 software company maintains headquarters in Toronto as well as Denver, Colorado. But where do they actually manufacture it? We made the change. Setting the second. Oh, where's he? Now it's one of those things we almost have to know. Made. It should not be hard to see or find, rather. Uh, but in order to get any government contract, like if you're on the GSA schedule, which is basically Amazon.com for government employees, the products have to be manufactured in the USA. Uh, as I say, of course, I should say that Dominion machines are always great and they always work 100% of the time. I certainly would never say anything bad about them. Don't want to get sued, you know. Um, I, so I would never, I would never allege that their machines are garbage. Never, ever, ever.
Nevertheless, back to the comics section. Let's see here. Someone by the name of Ladasha says, quote, election day is grammar, folks. The grammar is what kills me. Is a, uh... I'll read it as written. Election day is T-A national how the day because I government hates the fact that we can vote. Okay, maybe a little bit melodramatic, but seriously, why isn't it a national holiday? Unquote. Getting 13 likes, despite the grammar. Let's see here. Let's see. SKAH says, quote, single-day voting is only controversial to, one, those who want to cheat, or two, those who don't believe people of color can figure out how to get an ID. Go figure out how to get one, unquote. Getting 11 likes. Lawrence with you simply says 100% agree, get five likes. Lifting Libertarian says 100%, easy problem to solve, 10 likes. A lot of people saying we need integrity back, game between three and five votes, or likes rather. Sean Smith says, quote, you missed hand count ballots at the precinct level on video, otherwise not bad, getting 10 likes. So it looks like overwhelmingly supportive of Vivek. Now let me know, do you think those four things would be a, gr a good, solid path to guaranteeing election integrity? Again, those four things that Vivek is proposing is one, single day voting. Two, make election day a national holiday. Three, paper ballots. Four, government issued voter ID matched to the identification on file. I, Again, there, I don't believe there should be a lot of controversy around these notes but let me know in the comments do you think this might be a point of contention that alienates some voters for Vivek as he struggles to increase his his percentages when he's going for the Republican nominee it'll be interesting to see but when it comes to the Magic 8-Ball I think for this particular statement this will probably help Vivek or as Magic 8-Ball would actually say is the outlook is good perhaps maybe time shall tell Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Uber and Lyft must pay $328 million to New York drivers in a massive wage theft settlement. Now, they claim that they'll have to pay settlement funds to over 100,000 drivers and offer benefits, including minimum rates and paid sick leave. Now, this comes from Uber and Lyft have agreed to pay $338 million. Filing an investigation by the New York Attorney General's office, according to the New York AG, Leita Drames, the company's policies, quote, systematically cheated their drivers out of hundreds of millions of dollars in pay and benefits. They'll both now have to pay settlement funds to more than 100,000 current and former drivers in New York and offer both minimum hourly pay rate and paid sick leave, unquote. That seems, well, it says New York, so you know the political leanings, but that sounds ridiculous since they're independent contractors. That's part of the benefits of driving for these companies is that you're your own boss. You decide when you work, how you work. There's pretty much unlimited creativity in those in many regards. Now, they continue to say that in the two settlements, Uber has to pay $290 million, while Lyft must pay $38 million. The AG's office found both Uber and Lyft shortchanged drivers by deducting sales tax from drivers' commissions. Okay, that makes a little more sense. That should have been paid by riders between 2014-2017. Well, when it comes to taxes, let's just get rid of those all together. But nevertheless, another topic for another time. They continue to say that they did not offer paid sick leave, which... Ridiculous. I don't think that should be... A, what? Again, you're an independent contractor. It's not a, You're not a full-time employee. There's a whole different myriad of benefits and different pros and cons for each scenario. Now, they claim that as a settlement of the result, the drivers outside New York City will be guaranteed an earning floor of $26 per hour? New York City drivers already have minimum rates under the Taxi and Limousine Commission regulations and will earn one hour of sick pay for every 30 hours worked. This will be capped at 56 hours per year. New York City drivers will get 17 hours per hour for sick leave, while drivers outside of the city will get $26 per hour. Both rates will be adjusted annually for inflation. Drivers can put in a claim for their share. So it'll be interesting to see... Does this make sense for them to have to pay in terms of the 
the tax because they shouldn't be deducted from anyone. I'm not sure how. I don't know who came up with that. That was a pretty bad idea, obviously. It'll be interesting to see how these, as you have more and more regu rules, regulations, where all these driving companies, it'll be interesting to see where they're driven out of business or at what price point and what regulation point do they just decide it's no longer viable to operate in some of these cities and some of these states. It'll be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Again, I'm trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So if you could click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, leaving a comment is a great way to let me know what I could be doing better or just sharing your appreciation with how I'm currently doing things. But I'm always looking to improve the show, so critique is always appreciated. Lastly, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe, fight the good fight.